Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm LaTrose, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, Promise, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for explaining everything to us so that nothing is ununderstood by us. Lord, I also thank you for just keeping us in check from so that we don't try to doing kind of nonsense. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, welcome. We're continuing our study in Daniel chapter 5, and we're going to begin in verse 13. Oh, and we have our oh, yes, dear yes. friend, Dean. We do, okay. yes. We have Dean, a, a beloved brother in Christ, great friend, mm-hmm. and he is going to help us unpack the word, you know, as the Holy Spirit directs, of course. So welcome, oh, course. brother. Good morning. So it's good to have you. We're excited. All right. That being said, let's get to the word. That's why we're here, right? So, sorry, I'm excited. I'm ready to get to the word. All right. There's a lot going down. So, okay. So, I can't wait to get to it. All right. Can I get a volunteer to read from verse 13 to the end of the chapter, please? I will. Verse 13 says Then Daniel was brought in before the king. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Are you that Daniel who is one of the captives from Judah, whom my father the king brought from Judah? I have heard of you, that the Spirit of God is in you, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the astrologers, have been brought in before me, that they should read this writing and make known to me its interpretation. But they could not give the interpretation of the thing. And I have heard of you, that you can give interpretations and explain enigmas. Now if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around your neck, and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom." Then Daniel answered and said, Before the king, let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. O king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar your father a kingdom and majesty, glory, and honor. And because of the majesty that he gave him, all the people's nations and languages trembled and feared before him. Whomever he wished, he executed. Whomever he wished, he kept alive. Whomever he wished, he set up. And whomever... Ever, sorry, he wished he put down. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened in pride, he was disposed from his kingly throne, and they took his glory from him. Then he was driven from the sons of men, his heart was made like the beast, and his dwelling was with the wild donkeys. They fed him with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till he knew that the Most High God rules in the kingdom of men, and appoints over it whomever he chooses. But you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, although you knew all this, and you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. They have brought the vessels of his house before you, and you, and your lords, your wives, and your concubines, have drunk wine from them. And you have praised the gods of silver and gold, bronze and iron, wood and stone, which do not see or hear or know. 
And the God who holds your breath in his hands, his hand and owns all your ways, you were not glor you you have not glorified. Then the fingers of the hand were sent from him, and this writing was written, and this is the description that was written. Min Dad, I need help. Mene Mene Tekel of Sharsin. Okay, thank you. No worries. This is the interpretation of each word. Mene, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Dad? Tekel. Tekel, you have been weighted in the balance and found wanting. Perez. Your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Then Belshazzar gave the command, and they clothed Daniel with purple and put a chain of gold around his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler of the kingdom. The very night, Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, was slain. And Darius the Mede received the kingdom around about 62 years old. Being about 62 oh, years yeah. old. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Where'd that come from? Okay. So, there's a lot in there. Mm-hmm. And as uh, we typically do here, let's open the floor to to you guys first. Whoever wants to minister or share what the Holy Spirit is revealing to them or speaking to them about, please do. And if there are any questions, as always, ask. And we can discuss it. Okay? Yes. All right. Kyle, you had your hand up already, so <laughs> we're going to start with you. Um, yesterday, I had the same thought that when I heard of Belshazzar trembling before the writing, I had an inkling that he already knew what the writing said, and that's why he was dealt kindly in his approach to the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. Not because he was a more kind person, but he knew he had an inkling what the writing already said, and that none of these were going to matter to him and what was being fulfilled by what the Lord said. And you can see here, even when Daniel told him the interpretation, he didn't try to fight it or resist it. He said, okay. And gave Daniel the things he said. But normally if somebody says, you will die and your kingdom will be snatched from you, you would think they'd do a bit more than, here's things I, I promised you. Okay, well, so uh, I'm not saying that he didn't know, right? But I, there is that the line there in 16 where it says, if anyone can read the writing and make known to him the interpretation. Mm. Right, so that right there gives a, it gives us a sense that he probably, and, and most of the people in the kingdom probably <coughs> did not know the what that writing was no, I don't. or the meaning. So. So there's that. But then there's the other aspect of whether he knew or didn't know the writing. He saw this divine, supernatural hand come. Everyone saw it. He especially saw it. And saw the writing, it right on the wall. There was no other being, if you will, in the room doing it. He didn't see the rest of the figure. He just saw the hand right on the wall. So, there is a uh, an aspect there of whether it was because he understood the writing or he didn't understand the writing. He had an, an, a supernatural experience, clearly, which led to his being shook up. But then, 
to your other point of whether he understood the writing or not, or or I'll say the response from hearing what Daniel's interpretation was, there is the there is a scripture that says there's no counsel against the Lord. Right? Who can argue with him? And even his father, Nebuchadnezzar, right? He, for a year, clearly <coughs> resisted the Lord, but there just came a time where this is going to happen to mm-hmm. you, right? The things that the Lord had spoken and had given him time, they were going to come to pass, right? Which is also stated in Isaiah, right? From the Lord, he says, my words come forth and they accomplish all I purpose mm-hmm. and please, right? And they don't return void. So, again, there's, there's no counsel against the Lord. So we, as humans, can try to fight and resist and, you know, go through all these different stages of, you know, being angry and arguing and, and all that with the Lord. But then eventually there just comes, an, I'll say, an acceptance, a realization. It's probably a better way to phrase it, that, well, what the Lord said is, is the truth, and it's mm-hmm. going to happen. Yes. So as it pertains to me, I'm going to come in line with that. And also, there's no time, right? That was, it happened that night. What's he going to do? He's in the middle of a party. So, while we don't know the specifics of the party, right? Aside from, they were drinking out of They were drinking out of, right? So, so, so Ari says they were drinking. I don't Mm want to speculate what they were drinking, right? Although, Babylon, right? He said wine. Okay, so, so we know there's wine, which is, an intoxicant and inebriates people, and now in a potentially inebriated state, you're going to come up with a, a battle plan to try to defend the kingdom. Right? Does that make any sense? But then also, how did these the, the Medes, Darius the Mede, it, it would, like they didn't just move the entirety. I'm sure they didn't move the entirety of that aspect overnight. That that distance to Babylon. Right. Well, it doesn't state that specifically. It's probably known that hey, there's there's a force amassing over here and making its way. Right. Yes. Um, I've been to that general area, and yes, I'm sure it's changed much. It's not lush and green, and we hear a lot about the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. A lot of it's open. It's just barren as dirt. It's mostly flat. You can see for a long way off. So, whether he, uh, you know, who knows exactly? I don't, I'm not trying to speculate here, but there are a lot of factors to consider. The one thing is certain: there's no counsel against the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, when the Lord speaks, that's the word. It is inherent on us to come in line with His word, whatever that word is. He means it for our good, but then there's the other aspect here where, just like you saw in chapter 4 with Belshazzar's father, Nebuchadnezzar, well, the Lord's judgments are just. He gives us the chance and the opportunity to come into alignment, but we actually have to take that. We actually have to apply that to our life. Long before, well, the consequence, the full consequence, the full weight of sin comes upon us. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Anything else did you want to... Oh, I just meant, not that he knew exactly what the interpretation was, but it goes back to what you always tell us. Before the Lord tells anybody else, or 
goes with the hard and heavy, he already makes it known to you. Absolutely. And speaking from personal experience, before anybody else has said anything or something that looks big and big to anybody else, I already knew. And especially if I was going to get in trouble. <laughs> and people were like, how did you not know? I was like, I did know. I just chose to ignore it. Yeah. Yes. So I, I, I understand that part. And that, that is true. Yes. So we do say that all the time as well. Yes. And that's what gave me the sense that he had an inkling what the writing was saying, but he was like, let me just double check my math. <laughs> I'm not going to get caught today. You had to hear it from a third party. But I'm going to get caught. As long as it's not today, I'm okay. That's what I was getting from that. And okay. seeing from my own personal experience. And like you said, the king was intoxicated, most oh, likely. Well, it's, it's possible. Yes. Um, but even still, I just find it... Very odd that he was able to come to terms with that. I'm okay. Personally, I'm okay. Like, if I know the Lord said, Kyle, you better stop doing that. You're going to get in trouble. I'm like, oh, Lord, it's so hard and tempting. Please help me. And, like, when I get in trouble, I'm not surprised by it. I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. Whew. That's a huge burden off my plate. Now I can go on. Well, there's there's other aspects too, right? So, um, and, I, and I've heard testimonies of this where people were in a inebriated state, right, uh, intoxicated or, or whatever, right, from whatever narcotic or, or whatever, mm-hmm. mind-mood-altering substance they had taken, and something happened, and it sobered them up instantly, mm-hmm. right? They snapped. So there, there, there is that also, right? There, there's a possibility. I'm not... Trying to read into a, a giant book. hand on the wall. <laughs> That's pretty sobering. A giant hand writing with no body attached to him. Well, obviously, he didn't perceive what was happening as something good. Clearly, because yes. his knees were knocking, so he had a pretty good idea this was not good. What's interesting is that you know so often um, when a prophet or somebody came to a king or somebody in leadership and said, "Proclaim something that was not good," we would often and he tore his robes and mm-hmm. put dust on his head and put on sackcloth or whatever and repented and fell before the Lord. Mm-hmm. And Belshazzar says, let's exalt Daniel. Right. You just told me I'm, I'm, is, everything's getting ripped away from me. I mean, this is like the worst proclamation you could possibly make. And let's exalt Daniel. No, no, repent. No, no, we don't, we don't have any evidence of repentance. We don't have any evidence exactly. of. Exactly. He even understood the full weight of what just happened. I mean, he's focused on, I need to make Daniel third in line. I mean, I'm going to be like, Daniel, like, no, sir, buddy, because they're coming after the, you know. <laughs> I don't even want to be part of this kingdom, <laughs> right. you know. They're coming but, for the leaders. <laughs> but what a, how ridiculous that, that would be his focus. That, that's, that would even be his thought. I mean, even if it wasn't repentance, like, like call the armies, fortify the walls, double the guards, do, do something. But no, I'm, I need to exalt Daniel. Yeah, that's what I need to do. That's the Lord. When we walk in covenant with Him, God still He's able to through His manifold wisdom mm-hmm. to be taking care of a myriad of things all at the same time. And maybe, perhaps, He was like, "Well, let me not add sin to upon sin. So let me not wrong Daniel, who I have already acknowledged is the Spirit of the Living God, or uh, what do you, what have they, the Holy God, mm-hmm. the Holy God, right? And and even with Daniel." Re- recounted to him and reminded him that he already knew about his father was till he knew that the most high God rules in the kingdom of men. Maybe he thought, let me not add insult to injury and let, let me not make it worse for myself because mm-hmm. at least maybe there's some hope of 
something better on the other side at the at the very least. Don't make it worse for yourself. So maybe he thought that. I don't know. Or, or there's also the scripture, all right, pay your vows to the Lord. He had promised something, mm-hmm. right? And here he was fulfilling that, even if that was his, his last action. But, yes, I understand what mm-hmm. you're saying, Dean. That, that makes no Most sense people would have in the natural. certainly done something different. So, you know, I have questions, right? <laughs> Certainly done something different. I would at least have doubled the guard. You know, something. I mean. <laughs> or the escape tunnel and ran to ride my chariot away. I don't know. Right. Something. <laughs> or double down. They're not won't take the kingdom from me. I'll show them. But something, you know. But. Yeah. <laughs> but. All the things we go through in the natural. He immediately, I don't know, almost appears like he just went to acceptance. You know? He did. Word spoken. And but, you know, when, when Daniel was reminding him about what happened to his dad, that even though he was this great king, I'm making air quotes, you know, in their in their perspective, and as far as they knew, they ruled the world, there was still nothing he could do to stop God from, you're going to be out here in the field eating grass and, you know, whatever God's plan was. There was nothing he could do to stop that. So um, until he acknowledged, <clears throat> until Nebuchadnezzar acknowledged God, maybe he was on that same vein of thought, like there's nothing I can do. The Lord's spoken. The hand wrote without a body. How are you going to sword fight? <laughs> right. How do you intend to win that? Yes. What can you do? That the hand writes on the wall without a body. Mm-hmm. You two, one of you two, want to share something? Go for a promise. Kind of like what Belshazzar, like Kyle pointed out in the very beginning of this chapter where it said his knees were knocking together. I kind of know that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) You do. Like you're kind of limp. Yeah. And just the thought of knowing something's happening or something scares you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not a good feeling, is it, sir? No. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. But so even funny. still, after he was his, he kind of turned liquidy. That he went, okay, I'm gonna do this to whoever. And I also noticed in verse 13 that I think James was still, sorry, Daniel was still the chief of the people, but he didn't <coughs> know him. That was like I heard of you, but I don't know you. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. Yes, that part's interesting because, as as you pointed out, his Belshazzar's father, Nebuchadnezzar, had appointed him as and his friends, his companions. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow. Mm-hmm. As some of the rulers over the whole province, uh, which that's that's the one where the empire is at, right? That's that's the the key province in the whole empire. So, yes, I find that interesting myself. It was no real knowledge of him. It only heard about him. But, with that said, we, can, we also have to look at Daniel in this, right? Do you, and when I look at this, I see the consistency here. He had, from, the, from chapter 1, purposed in his heart, as well as, as well as his companions, not to defile himself. Right, so even when all these riches and and wealth and robes and and everything is being offered to him, 
if you'll interpret the dream. What was his statement? He said, no, give it to somebody else. Yeah, let your gifts be for yourself and give the rewards to another, to someone else. I'm still going to do what I'm supposed to do, right? At this point, it's not even obedience to the king. It's an obedience to what the Lord is telling him and showing him, right? And that's how he has patterned his whole life up to this point. Through all of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, from the time he was brought into excuse me, Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom, until now. You see no change. So I find that very interesting. He, Daniel, from, from the time that we hear about him in chapter 1, does things solely out of obedience to the Lord. Not for reward, not for riches, but out of his love for the Lord. So that's it's something that we should all learn from. Right. Yes, it's great. It feels awesome to be promoted and to, you know, receive blessings and rewards and and all that for the work that we do, right? Honoring others, those around us, helping build them up. Yeah, sure. Th- those are all, you know, feel good things, but they pale in comparison, or they should pale in comparison in our eyes to just being obedient to the Lord and allowing Him to get the glory. Mm-hmm. Everybody understand that. Yes. Any yes. questions on it? No. Mm-hmm. Anybody else have any any comments or anything they want to share? Hey, I'm still going. All right. Oh, oh. Are you still going? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> sorry. We'll continue, and then yeah. and then let Charles you can follow right behind. All right. We can go. And how Mr. Dean pointed out that Belshazzar said, "Oh yeah, we're just gonna acknowledge Daniel," and kind of like. The queen, most of the time, when people, a king would want themselves, want want someone to go, oh, king, live forever, but Daniel was kind of, I won't say he was doom and gloomy, but this was judgment. Now, I know personally that if dad says I'm getting spanking, I'm not like, Gushing with joy and going. (laughs) (laughs) Of course not. But, right, as with any discipline, what's happened? Right, we've had multiple conversations, and there's been an insistence on disobedience, right, over time. And there comes a point where, okay, now we've got to deal with that, right? Yes. And you're seeing the same thing played out here, right? (laughs) I'll, I'll say it in this way, and then I'll clarify. As you've heard us say this before, it looks the same. Discipline looks the same everywhere, right, at every age. Now, this is a little severe, if you will, right? You can say, well, it's different because this is literally his life, mm-hmm. right? But let's also take some other factors into consideration. He is the king. He is the leader. He's not underneath his father. There's not that a covering of prayer, if you will, right? He, as now a man and the king, has a responsibility to keep himself, discipline himself, and keep himself walking in an alignment with the Lord and the things of the Lord, as we all do, mm-hmm. right? That's why you, our children, right, we teach you 
the things of the Lord and how to how they apply to your lives because it matters because it's important. And when you leave and walk out that door and you are paying the pot the the cost to be the boss, right? It's on you. Are we still going to cover down in prayer uh, uh, to the end of our days for each of you and your families? Absolutely. But you have to choose for yourself and for your household who you're going to serve, right? Are you going to adhere to what has been poured into you, what the Holy Spirit has had us teach you in the ways that you should live and walk? Or are you going to choose a different path for yourself? I hope it's not the latter, right? But that's a choice you have to make. And that choice comes with clearly severe consequences. Now, these things happen. You see this throughout the Word. It's true. There's always consequences for our actions that are out of line or contrary to the, to the Lord, His His what He's commanded, but really His ways, which is what He wants us to know and walk in, right? Yes. And those consequences are always meant to draw us back to the Lord. Let's not forget the Lord knows and searches the hearts and minds. So we can try to to be deceptive and say, no, I was really doing that because of this, but the Lord knows the truth. Mm-hmm. So he knows when we're just giving platitudes or placating, right? Trying to, I'll say, cover up the exact motivations or intentions of why we did what we did. And if we've determined or hardened our hearts so much that, well, now there just needs to be a, a more severe level of discipline. Because so discipline always starts with talking, with having the discussion, does it not? Yes. Whether it's in our house or it's the Lord towards us. He always comes to us directly. He always sends his Holy Spirit to minister to us, to convict us and say, hey, that's that's not right, to admonish us, to walk in his ways. But we have to choose to receive, accept that, and move forward in it. And if not, we have, like, similar to what we see here, Daniel coming in and stating, hey, this is what's happened. We saw that throughout Daniel's time with Belshazzar's father, Nebuchadnezzar. Hey, this isn't quite right. Bring this back into alignment with the Lord. Right? It's, it's meant for our good, but we have to choose to repent and come back into alignment with that. Any questions on any of that? Because I know it's a lot. No. Dean? No, no, just... Okay. No, uh, it's... There's, there's a lot of things that we can conject from this, but we have to be careful. You know how we, how we look at that. You know, so absolutely. We, um, there's so much that we could, as we think about how we would be in these situations, you know, try to impose that into here. But it's just, I think that the when you're talking about discipline, for me, the best example that helped me remember is you know, when when. If my children come to me at, at five years old and say, I want to drive the car, and I say, you can't drive the car, they may see me as unjust because they're incapable of where they are in their level of maturity to understand the wisdom I'm trying to apply to them. And so we have to take a similar vantage point of God and never questioning his judgment or his wisdom, which is clear in that. So we don't know all that took place 
with Belshazzar and the conversations God had with him or the warnings and the way that God proceeded to him. But we can't, we, we can through our own life experience, at least with myself, know that his justice is righteous and right. Absolutely. And so may I may look at this as severe. Clearly it does not change who God is in his righteousness and his justice. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 You know, that, what you just said, Dean, is, is also a reminder of why it's so important to know God's character Absolutely. and his nature. Um, I think the Apostle John talks about all the acts that Jesus did while he was in, in the earth physically, and that the books that we have, it's not able to contain everything that Jesus did, but we, we have portions of what he did, enough for us to understand who God is and to allow the Holy Spirit to give us revelation and bring his word to life in our life so we can rightly apply the word. Um, but what she said was, it really reminds me of when we know God's character, we can understand what he does and why he's doing. God's character is that he is just, and his nature is that he has no respecter of persons. He is just in everything that he does, and he is just in a good God to all. And Everybody has the opportunity to come to him. That that is living on the earth. You've had the you get the opportunity, and he doesn't prejudge us for anything. Or um, even though if he knows we're going to do something wrong, he doesn't preemptively go, "No, you're wrong," and you reap the benefit or the the consequence of your actions. He gives you a chance to make a choice, and knowing his character helps us see him in his word. That even though, like we were talking about, the severity of what happened, or it seems like the quickness of it. We, we discussed previously in the, the last um, Bible study that um, sin brings forth death. That's, that's the penalty for it. And sometimes you think as a human, the, the human mind goes, well, we'll have time. We'll have time to repent. We'll have time to get it right. Well, if I do this now, it won't bring death immediately. But spiritually, there's a different weight to things that we are doing. And as we know God's character and we've seen his justice and his mercy throughout his word, it's, we know God ministers to us in a variety of ways. And um, Daniel mentions here in verse 22 that, that he recounts the story of Nebuchadnezzar and goes, you have not humbled your heart, although you knew all this. You knew what was required, what your father said to you. And uh, the letters that Nebuchadnezzar sent out at the beginning of chapter 4. He says, to all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. And then he proceeds to tell them his recount of the story. And even with the fiery furnace, when Nebuchadnezzar built this big gold thing and everybody was supposed to worship in all the kingdom, the whole kingdom knew about that. And following that, Nebuchadnezzar sent out a message. He said, therefore, I make a decree. He sent out a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made in ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. So when they sent out a decree, everybody got that word. Everybody mm-hmm. got exposed to that, especially, you would think, first in the king's house. He would hate to have one of his sons be killed over that or, you know, just as a parent, but even as a royal king, your own house should be taken care of and orderly. Mm -hmm. Um, But God's justice and his mercy says that we know he gave it. We can ascertain because of his character that he gave a chance to Belshazzar. 
And um, just remembering as we read his word, keeping God's counsel before our eyes, keeping his character before our eyes, that he doesn't do anything that's outside of who he is. And no, we can't pinpoint everything, but we can still look at his character and examine him according to his own nature, if that makes sense. Well, that's the, that's the key, isn't it? Keeping mm-hmm. his nature there. I mean, we. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to be careful where I tread here, but had Belshazzar had no warning, and God decided to do that, that wouldn't change God's character and His justice, right? We we are not. If that's what God purpose, yes, because He are, knows we are not to question that. So if we look at the the parable of the workers in the field, and Jesus gives that example of in the early morning, you went out to find some workers. Mm-hmm. And offered him a golden arius, right? And then he went back at the third hour, at the sixth hour, and at the eleventh hour, mm-hmm. and got workers. And when he goes to pay him, he's paying him all the same. And the ones that were there first, hey, how come you're giving him a denarius? He goes, mm-hmm. who are you to tell me what to do with my, what's mine? Mm-hmm. Right. So we have to be really, really careful about that. And mm-hmm. I think that's really where um, some of our social ills come in that we're experiencing today, mm-hmm. because we're worried about other people. Exactly. Instead of our own selves. I had a a friend who is living in open, unrepentant sin, and it's irrelevant what the sin is. Sure. And he asked me specifically, um, almost like challenging me to see if I would love him less because of it. Mm -hmm. And said, well, what do you think about it? And what do you think? Um, you're a Christian. What do you think God thinks about this? And and I said, <clears throat> I know what I think the Bible says about it, but I'm more concerned about what God's talking to you about it. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm, I'm not going to get into it with you. It's not my job to determine to you. Absolutely. To judge you, right, and to, to judge them. you. Or That's to, right. Or to say, say your sin is lesser or more or whatever. Mm-hmm. To, what's mm-hmm. God sharing with you about it, right? Mm-hmm. I love you. You're my friend. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep loving you. You know, I'm going to tell you what I think is so, but you need to understand what God has to say about it, mm-hmm. and you need to worry about your relationship with Him in that. And if mm-hmm. we were all focused on our own personal relationship, absolutely, we've, we've got plenty to do. You know, I say all the time, <laughs> I have no misgivings who Dean is when I look in the mirror. I know mm-hmm. Dean is a sinner, and he has all kinds of challenges and problems, and 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 by God's grace, I'll get to enjoy that transformation over the entirety of my lifetime. It won't ever be a a destination will be a journey, and I can experience that together with him. And I don't have to get involved in your journey as you're going through that. And but knowing God's character is what allows me to do that, exactly. and to appreciate it rather than to shun it or be upset by it or gauge it against what I see in others' lives. Mm-hmm. It's about applying it to ourselves and our own lives. Yeah, that's Amen. that's what matters. Knowing His ways and and right, yes. Well, the character is just clearly, clearly understanding it. that character. And you're not going to yes. get that apart from doing what we're doing right now, just digging into the Word. And you need to do it in community because really, in some ways, we can't fully trust ourselves to make sure that we don't get it and allow others to challenge us and put ourselves in a position where we can be challenged to make sure these things we believe are so are so, so that mm-hmm. we can continue to understand His character so that we can grow and become more and have the peace of knowing that. Amen. And Amen. the most important communion we can ever have is with His Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Absolutely. Because if for some reason... God has us in the wilderness and he's, you know, assigned us to a place that's merely a cave or, and he's waiting for a specific time. He still wants to minister to your heart. He still wants to speak to you. He still mm-hmm. wants to convey his message. That's why the, uh, the tablet of our heart is supposed to be prepared where the word of God is written Absolutely. on it. And we are supposed to be transformed to such a, a degree that our mind, our emotions, our will has been con- 
Conform to the image of Christ. Exactly. Conform to the image of Christ. And even when we're alone, what we're saying reflects God. What we're saying reflects God. And he does want us to come in, come on in together and make sure we're coming together with people that are, in fact, iron to our iron, not trying to com- convert us to something different, mm-hmm. that, who have the sp- that who have the spirit of truth on the inside of them and are actively listening and obeying that spirit of truth. So that way we can continue to fellowship and grow together. Fellowship first with the Holy Spirit. Get your own, as you said, Dean, <laughs> get your own, your own person Self together with him. Mm-hmm. And then when you come together, make sure those people are communicating the witness of the Holy Spirit as well. And not that you can't interact with unbelievers, but it's a different way. Like an unbeliever can't speak into my life and tell me what my destiny is before Jesus Christ or how to live my life. No, I can love you. I can walk beside you and help guiding you towards the Lord, but you can't speak into my life. If you're an unbeliever, you can't tell me which way I should go unless you're going somehow, you know, like the donkey spoke to Balaam, get in line with Jesus. But as far as life customs and habits that comes from the Holy one and he ministers as he wills and we sharpen iron with iron. So I love that Dean. Yes. All right, Layla, you're, Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. She, <laughs> uh, I initially asked LaCharles if he wanted to share, and, and he said, no, Layla can go first. So, all right, we'll, we'll adhere to that. So, all right, go ahead, Layla. Um, so, uh, Daniel gives King Belshazzar the interpretation of his of the writing on the wall, and this is verse it's 26 through 28, and it says, This is the interpretation of each word. Mene, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. There, anybody could look at this and go, Well, God's being unjust. He's doing the same sin as his father, King Nebuchadnezzar, and King Nebuchadnezzar got out of it with glory, more glory at the end of it, and... King Belshazzar is slain that very night. So, well, God's being unjust. No, he's not. Go back and if you go back and look at Proverbs, start at chapter 16, in verse 11, it says, Honest weights and scales are the Lord's. All the weights in the bag are his work. And you go back even further, and you want to look in chapter 11. This is still Proverbs in verse 1. Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. So, no, you can't seriously tell me that he's unjust. I know him, even in my own life, that he's never done anything that I haven't earned. I'll put it that way. I've never been disciplined for something that I haven't earned, never got a spanking that I didn't deserve. It's all because I've done something that I wasn't supposed to. And so I can see that he is just, and you can't tell me that he isn't. I'm looking at it in black and white. Dishonest mm-hmm. skills are an abomination. Okay. And it, it's not that God wasn't willing to give Belshazzar a second chance. He did. Belshazzar didn't want it. He wanted something else. And you go look at Second Samuel with King David, chapter 12. This is after David and Bathsheba and Uriah. Yep. In verses 8 and 9, it says, I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. Why have you despised the command of the Lord to do evil in his sight? 
So if Belshazzar had turned and asked the Lord, God would have blessed him. And just like David, if it had been too little, he would have given him much more if he continued. But he had been found wanting. He was searching for natural means that wouldn't satisfy what he wanted. He was still snatching and grabbing, if you will, when he could have just turned and said, Lord, I know you know me. I have this desire. Lord, fill me up with your spirit. Give me what it is that you have for me. Let me stop trying to be like everybody else and be this person. Let me just run my own race. He wouldn't have been in the balance is founding wanting, still searching and seeking. He would have been right in the place where God asked him to be, and all would have been well with him. And pleasing to the Lord, yes. Yes. And that, so uh, I, I appreciate what you're saying. I enjoy it. And this is not the first time this has happened, right? If we look throughout, well, the Word, especially the Old Testament, especially looking at the Kings and Chronicles, there's really three types of kings. Those that honored the Lord and served Him fully. And then there are those that did not serve the Lord. And of those that did not serve the Lord, it really falls into one of two categories. Those that did somewhat follow the Lord, but didn't tear down all the, the things places. that were right, high places and things that are an abomination. And then those that were completely against the Lord. And of those, right... There's not a whole lot said about them besides, yep, they took the kingdom at this age, and this is what they did that was evil in the sight of the Lord, and then that was the end of it. And you kind of have that same pattern here. Belshazzar. Belshazzar, there's one chapter written about him. Now there's there's details here, right, because the Lord moved in magnificent ways, and not that the Lord didn't move in magnificent ways in Kings and Chronicles, even with the for the nation and the with, under the kingdoms of those that were doing evil in his sight. Right, not not saying that, right? But let's look at, uh, as we looked at, laying the foundation for Daniel. What was said about Nebuchadnezzar? He's my servant. Right, that was the Lord's word. Uh, word concerning Nebuchadnezzar. You don't have that here. For Belshazzar. There's almost no mention. It just, and here he is on the scene, sitting in the, the place, and yeah, yes, the Lord appointed or allowed him to sit there, right? The Lord, we do know this about his nature, his character. He gives each of us opportunities. He, he puts us in places. He, I'll say, allows us to be exalted, for lack of a better way to phrase it. But I mean, blessed, blessed and in positions of, of influence. The whole point and purpose, though, is just to direct people to the Lord, right? To teach others. But... He gives each of us an opportunity. And no, it's not that we're all going to be uh, a king or over a nation, right? But yes. he has appointed places and positions for us to honor and glorify him and to instruct and, and demonstrate to others how to do it, how to glorify the Lord, how to direct others to come into a right relationship with him. And in this, clearly, you see throughout the entirety of this chapter that Belshazzar chose not to do that. It was almost as, if you will, in the rest for the rest of the Kings and Chronicles, uh, in First and Second Kings, and in the books of the Chronicles of the Kings. Right, that this was all but an evil king. He chose not to adhere to what he knew was right to do. So, 
it's a lesson for all of us, right? It's not we're not talking about this and discussing it to condemn anything, right? But this is all written so that we can know and understand. Yeah, separating the holy from the profane, or what's right and righteous, and what's evil in the sight of the Lord, but then also understanding the Lord's nature and his character, who he is, how it applies to our lives, so we can come into that right knowledge and understanding, knowing his ways, not just his acts. Now, Charles. Thank you. The floor is yours, sir. So what, are you, what were you going to share with us? Like I was saying in the previous devotional, when we first read the first four verses, I like to bring up where Daniel was talking to Belshazzar and was telling that he saw everything that happened to King Nebuchadnezzar but did not repent. I found it interesting because he created an image of gold just like King Nebuchadnezzar did because he thought essentially he could circumvent what the Lord was doing and make himself the whole thing. And you can see that he still was continuing with the idols. Even the idols? Yes. Okay. You think about it. Nebuchadnezzar, after he became a beast, essentially, then he came back to the Lord and said he was worshiping God. So if he was doing that, he couldn't have other idols in his house. But you can see that, like Mommy and Dad were saying, they still try to copy what they see their parents doing. For an example, if I really don't like it, I'm not going to copy that. I only copy the stuff I feel is worth it and I want to hear. Like, I'm getting in trouble. I don't really want to say, okay, I want to get in trouble again. I try to delete that conversation. So you can see that obviously the idols held a prominent place in Belshazzar's life. And you can see he also worshipped them with King Nebuchadnezzar and he followed his example, like, with the astrologers and the... Chaldeans and magicians. Yes, he continued to do that. First, he continued to do it because he understood what was happening, but he didn't have a clear understanding of that nothing good can come out of them. He still held on to the traditional beliefs that these people are wiser than everybody else and they should have the answer. They can do all sorts of things that natural man can't. Even though it came from demonic powers, which there's no wisdom in that. And like I was saying, he also, the statues he was worshipping, they also remind me of the image in his in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. The iron, silver, the gold, <laughs> and the bronze. Those were all parts of the image. Mm-hmm. And you can see the silver came inside of Belshazzar, Belshazzar's reign, the meats. The other kingdom came up and destroyed Babylon because mm-hmm. their reign essentially ended there. That's it. Okay. Well, thank you. Now, I do want to. I do want to say this, just because, for for whatever reason, each of you have focused on on discipline <laughs> in times of even in trouble, right? So I don't want the people that are listening to get the wrong impression or think that you are bad kids because you're not. You are great kids, and you are a blessing. Surely. Yes, like all children, right? Do we encourage you, especially you because you're ours, right? There is a, <laughs> and th- there is a teaching and training and equipping and admonishing and encouragement that we are constantly, diligently providing in each of your lives so that you walk in the ways of the Lord. 
exhibiting his nature, his character, and his attributes in every area and aspect of your life. Because it's important. That's part of how we, uh, I'll say in this way, are in that right relationship with the Lord. A true, personal, deep, and intimate relationship with the Lord, being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So, so before any of the people that are listening get, get the wrong idea, no, we, we do. We have great kids, and they are a blessing. Yes, they are. But I also understand and appreciate the fact that you can openly discuss, hey, we're, we're not always right all the time. There is learning that has to occur. And you know, it's not always fun, and it doesn't always end and get to move beyond, or sometimes, I'll say it in this way, sometimes, yes, it does have to move beyond just having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can compare it to this. In a garden, it's easier to pick the weeds as they spring up while they're small, and as, as you go, that way you can still enjoy the mm-hmm. beauty that God created versus allowing these weeds to become a massive forest, and then eventually all of the beauty has to be lost because at that point, the the most people have the patience for, or that all that can be done is cut the whole thing down. So it's easier to prune as you go. That way you can enjoy the beauty, and then you'll have something to look forward to at the end. And then generation after generation can enjoy the beauty. Well, I think um, you, know, you mentioned in the last um, study, and you were talking about seeds. And so we, we know that the kingdom is of sowing and reaping, mm-hmm. right? And so what we sow, we reap. Mm-hmm. The challenge is as we're less mature in the things of the Lord. It doesn't necessarily mean what our age is, right? But we're less mature in the things of the Lord. It's difficult for understand the depth of wisdom of the things that the more mature would understand. Mm-hmm. So from a counterpoint of trying to conceptualize the benefit of sowing and reaping when we may not get it when we're younger or less mature, it's even a step better if I take the seed and take the time to go through it and separate the weeds before I even bother to plant it. Amen to that. That's the challenge when we're younger. Oh, this seed's okay. So I can go buy the cheap seed from (laughs) the big retail chain store, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And um, I can put it out there in my yard. It's going to get grass. Yeah, some weeds are going to pop up. I'm not going to realize the full measure of that, maybe even for a couple of years, until the weeds have completely taken over. Mm-hmm. And now I've got to pull everything up and start all over again because I didn't understand the depth of that in that initial decision in comparing the bags of the seed. Quality seed, amen. I have Absolutely. the most beautiful um, golden finches that show up in my backyard. They're mm-hmm unbelievably striking the yellow the brilliance of it the contrast in the black that they have the males it is incredible and it is such a joy to see them i just marvel at god's creation when i look at them because Mm -hmm. of the brilliance of their color it's just you know it's so clear it's a design it's not a chance right that led to that no big bang made that (laughs) but no no big bang yeah well there was a big bang god spoke and it was there you go bam you know that's it and it was done but I bought cheap seed, and they don't come with the cheap seed. They don't show up. Uh So I had to throw it out. So I wasted the money that I thought I gained for that. And the seed that they come for is the most expensive. 
And so if I really want those birds to show up and enjoy it, I have to put out the more expensive bird seed. And But there's no waste with that, and I get the full enjoyment of it. So, Amen. yes, we have to prune, and God prunes us, and that is part of our process. But as Amen. we mature and start to look at that, especially the younger ones in the room, it's it's really learning to trust your parents and, as, and emulating that as we grow into maturity to trusting the Lord and really seeking him. What do you want me to do here? Because if you want me to stop and, and pick through this bag of seed before I plant it, I better listen to you and do it. That's right. It's going to be so much better, and it makes absolutely no sense. Um, I'll try to give you a real-world example with it. Uh, I went to work in an air conditioning department uh, at the Marine Terminals, and there was a, extremely old compressors that were used, and the, the freezer was big enough to drive a tractor trailer in. So oh, all the wow. shrimp that came into the East Coast came in through this, and it had to all be frozen waiting to be shipped back out. And so we're working on this compressor, and it's a huge compressor, and it's got these huge machine parts on it. And the gentleman who was the person teaching me, uh, I'm, I'm cleaning a part, and I've got it on the workbench. And he walks in and sees me clean on the workbench and starts yelling at me, put that on the floor. You get on the floor to do that and just do it. Hmm. And I'm like, gosh, who's he mad at, man? He's like getting up in my face about it. I'm like, okay, all right, whatever. You know, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about, old man. So as soon as he walks out of the room, I put it back up on the bench because it's hard to sit on the floor and do it. And it slid out of my hands and hit the floor and dinged the metal on the machine surface. His wisdom was to keep it on the floor so you can't drop it, probably because he had dropped one. Mm. And now this expensive machine part had to be repaired when all it needed was a gasket, and it would have gone right back in again. Mm. But I could not fathom or forecast in that moment why he was being harsh to me and, of course, he didn't give me the depth of it, but he wasn't required to give me the depth That's of right. it. He was my mm-hmm. boss, my leader at the time, and I was to be subject to him. That's right. As we are to be subject to our king and trust him and That's follow right. what he has for us. That's Amen. right. Amen. I mean, that's even what Daniel says at the last part of verse 23. He says, mm-hmm. um, talking about Belshazzar worshiping, and says, You have praised the gods of silver and gold, bronze and iron, wood and stone, which you do not see, hear, or know, and the God who holds your breath in his hand and owns all your ways, you have not glorified. He's, this, he's the boss. <laughs> Literally, your breath is at his leisure. You know, not that he's a God that's going to give it and take it back. We say he knows the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He's already spoken that. But this is who he is. He has this right over us. And he's always right. Not only does he have the authority, he has the weight to back it up. <laughs> <laughs> listen to him and even if you haven't reached a place to hear the wisdom of the reasons why or he's you know he hasn't decided to share that with you but mostly because we haven't reached that place where we can hear it or understand the message as you were just pointing right. out dean he's still god and he's telling you something for your own benefit for your own good and the good of all things working together right yes. his plan that he's working out in this earth Throughout creation and eternity and time, he's working that. So whatever he tells you is going to be good for you. It's going to be satisfying and able to succeed, and it's going to beautifully harmonize with his will and his plan. Well, let's be clear. It's not a promise of God or a requirement of God for us to understand him. In fact, Noah Webster, as I believe quoted, he said, <laughs> y'all probably heard me say this before, only a God I cannot comprehend is worthy of my worship. If we could figure out all the things of God, what would he be worth? 
He'd I mean, be if he's no better than stone. me, if I can figure out everything about him, then he's no better than me. So he's not worth anything. So that's why we have to really fall upon our trust and faith in him and back to knowing his character. That's right. And really looking back at what he's done in our life and keeping that as our filter to doing things and that step out in that trust and move forward and accept and I draw comfort from the fact that we can't fully understand him instead of demand that we are supposed to understand him or he has to explain himself to us. Amen. So there is the the wisdom, and now it's up to us to apply that to our lives. Mm-hmm. All right? So let's pause there for, for today because there's a lot. So mm-hmm. I, I know we're going to have to re-listen to this one and, and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us. But um, in closing there, let's, let's get a volunteer to close out in prayer. I will. All right, LaCharles. Well, I just thank you for today, Lord. Just thank you for people who have been partnering with this ministry, Lord, and the viewers out there, Lord, that continue to learn from these devotionals, Lord, and that strive to know more of you, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for blessing everything that people have put their hands to, Lord, and giving us knowledge so that way we can go about your works correctly, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Dean, thanks for being with us today. Absolutely. We definitely appreciate having you with us and and sharing what the Holy Spirit's ministering to you. Mm-hmm. So, thank you, brother. Amen. Glory to Him. <laughs> all right, and all listeners, we love you. We are continually keeping you in prayer. So, have a wonderful day, and God bless you. Bye. Thank you for listening to a day of prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.